This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, and I'm recording an episode to discuss what I saw this weekend in Memphis, Tennessee at the Iverson Classic. The Iverson Classic this year, it was it's the premier event for high school basketball because the McDonald's All-American game is not being played, Jordan Brand's not being played, the Nike Hoop Summit's not being played. This was the opportunity to showcase these 2021 uh, incoming college basketball players from this high school class, and it was a very competitive atmosphere. I wasn't able to make it down to the scrimmages, so I was kind of hoping that this wouldn't turn into the normal McDonald's All-American game or the Jordan Brand Classic where there's not much defense played, the energy's not there. I can safely say this, that game was very intense, it lived up to everything that I was hoping it would be, and I think that guys were able to play hard because they, they kind of needed to be able to showcase that. Uh, it was a really good thing because the, the NBA GMs were there. I mean, that section of NBA teams uh, was four or five rows deep down there in the corner of, uh, of NBA personnel scouting uh, some of this talent that will be entering college basketball, some guys going to the G League straight out of high school. It was a, it was a very good weekend. As for Kentucky, they had two signees there, uh, Damian Collins and Bryce Hopkins. Those are the two signees that were there. And, of course, Tata Washington, a guy who is making his college announcement this coming week, May 15th, he was there. He was on the opposite team of Damian Collins and Bryce Hopkins. Uh, former Kentucky signee Nolan Hickman was also a part of this game. A, a lot of high-profile guys, Chet Holmgren, the number one player in the country, going to Gonzaga, Paolo Bancaro, going to Duke. Uh, Kennedy Chandler was not there. Uh, one of the top guards going to Tennessee. He was supposed to be there. Ended up ended up not showing up. But guys like Brandon Huntley Hatfield going to Tennessee. Trevor Kills. You're talking a ton of talent that was on display there in Memphis. Uh, the the arena, the high school gym there, uh, looked literally one of the best, nicest high school gyms I've ever been in. A, a lot of seating was was full from bottom to top. Allen Iverson was there, of course, uh, sitting courtside. Rasheed Wallace coaching a team, Stephen Jackson coaching a team. Just a really cool event in a year where the Iverson Classic's usually not one of the marquee events. It's always the other three that get the, the high profile. But this year it was able to take center stage due to the others not being played. And uh, I, I thought they put on a very, very solid performance. But just let's just get into some things that I take away from this. And I, I'm going to run down. Kentucky's guys, and I'm also going to talk about Ty Ty Washington. But then as I wrap this thing up, I want to talk a little bit about some other guys that I saw, 
some guys that you're going to see in college basketball, maybe some guys that you're probably probably in that 15 to 25 range that you maybe aren't thinking of some guys going to the sec that I think are going to be big time players in the league. Kentucky's going to have their hands full with, but I'll, I'll get into like an overall thing, but I want to start off talking about a guy that we haven't seen much. Uh, really that's the first time I've ever been able to watch him. And I think a lot of these NBA guys coming down too, and a lot of these uh, top ESPN guys and, and other reporters got to watch him for the first time. That's Bryce Hopkins. Um, not really sure how Bryce is going to fit in what John Calipari does. I went into this weekend thinking, is he a three? Is he a four? Uh, just given what Kentucky has on its roster, when you're talking Jacob Toppin coming back, uh, what we've been hearing about Keon Brooks possibly coming back, uh, you kind of see a logjam there at that four spot. But then you're talking about John Calipari committing to playing three perimeter players, C.J. Frederick's addition there, Kellen Grady, Dante Allen, if they get these other pieces. But Bryce Hopkins really impressed me. And that was my prediction going into the weekend from everything that I'd heard. He is really, really strong. He he has a, his, he has a body that I think is going to be able to play right away at Kentucky next season and get some minutes. Uh, not sure exactly what his role will be or how much he'll play, but I do think that he will be a guy that we're talking about going into the season that maybe might be better than what we think he is. Maybe he's able to play some minutes there. The thing that I liked about him, he's very comfortable leading the break. And for a three-man that looks like him with his size, really explosive, gets downhill, I thought he made some very good decisions in the open floor. He hit Damian Collins on a two-on-one. Collins uh, finished the dunk. Uh, so I really like Bryce Hopkins. Didn't get to see him really shoot the ball much. A lot of his game was at the rim, uh, but just a very physical player, explosive off two feet, and uh, a guy that I think John Calipari has a very intriguing, interesting piece coming to his roster next season. So uh, we'll see exactly how, how that plays out. But I, I was very impressed. Uh, with with Bryce Hopkins. He's a guy that has pretty much stayed where he was when he committed to Kentucky as far as ranking. He's not dropped, not really climbed, kind of been that steady in that steady range there in this class. And uh I thought I think he's a very solid player. Uh definitely don't see him being a one and done. Uh I could see him being a guy that's in in a program if now given the transfer portal and how things work out. You don't ever want to assume that somebody's going to be long-term in your program, but he's a piece that I could see being a staple there for a few years and kind of working his way into a part of the rotation. But uh, Damian Collins, obviously the highest-rated player in Kentucky's class right now, number 10 in the composite. The interesting thing about this is he he didn't get a ton of minutes as far as in the rotation. He did play some. Uh, I went into this weekend thinking, can he play the five? And the one thing that I will say is Oscar Shibway is going to push him around a ton and practice this fall, uh, given his frame and stuff. I mean, obviously, he can play the four. I saw he played a lot on the perimeter at times this weekend. Uh, I watched him in warm-ups shoot the three. He can hit the three, shoot a mid-range jumper. Uh, remains to be seen, though, exactly how good he can be right away at Kentucky. Obviously, when he gets in that system, he gets in the weight room as soon as he gets on campus, uh, whether it's late May, early June, that'll be a big addition. He's a guy that needs that summer weight room session, summer session at Kentucky, uh, where those guys last season, they didn't get it till late. Uh, this this Having a normal summer will be big for Damian Collins, in my opinion. But as, as far as his fit, I uh, had somebody – 
ask me about whether or not that Kentucky can play that true four out if Damian Collins plays the four. I don't know yet. Uh, didn't get to see a ton uh, from him on on how that would fit at Kentucky, but he did play some on the perimeter. Uh, he handled the ball well at times. I thought he, I think he moves very well. The one thing that I think he's going to be able to do at Kentucky is run the floor, uh, be a rim protector. And I love him sprinting out of those on-ball screens and running to the rim like Kentucky does its bigs in the past, throwing those lobs at the rim. Uh, he's very athletic. Uh, I watched him fight. He, he battled Paolo Bancaro a couple times. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Some loose balls. Very springy. And uh, another piece that if... If he were the big, if, if if they did not have Oscar Shibway, then I would be concerned about where Kentucky's going with if, if they had to play him a ton at the five. Uh, but I honestly, given frame, I expect Lance Ware, Oscar Shibway both to be able to bully him around. So I'm not sure how much Kentucky will play him just at the five. Obviously, we'll have to wait and see how much weight he gains, how much stronger he gets between now and then. Uh, but I, I do think that he's a solid piece, and uh, I, I like him. I like what Kentucky has in those two guys uh, coming in. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings. A four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. The biggest story for me over the weekend when it comes to Kentucky was obviously point guard, 2021 point guard, Ty Ty Washington. Five-star guard, decommit from Creighton. Kentucky is trending in the crystal ball right now. Arizona's in there. LSU's in there. Uh, but Kentucky really needs Ty Ty Washington. And when I watched the first quarter, Early in the game, he didn't play with the ball in his hands as the primary guard a lot. Uh, he played a lot of that two position, even the three, just when they went three guards, which you could see Kentucky do with this lineup that has C.J. Frederick, Kellen Grady, Dante Allen, and all the others that we expect Kentucky to add between now and whenever the season starts in the fall. But as far as Washington goes, I, I thought he deferred a lot early in that game. I thought he passed up a lot of good opportunities in the, the first and second quarter, finished the first half, I believe, with seven points, hit a couple of nice floaters. That's an addition to his game that I really liked. But the thing that stood out to me the most about him is we talk about all these shooters with C.J. Frederick, Kellen Grady, and all the additions Kentucky's added, Dante Allen coming back. If Kentucky gets Ty Ty Washington, he is right there on that same tier 
when we're talking about three-point shooters. If you add him to this roster, it will be 100% one of the better three-point shooting teams that John Calipari has had at Kentucky. Uh, talking 2011, Brandon Knight, Darius Miller, Deron Lamb. This lineup would really shoot lots out. And as the game went along, they played four quarters, and then they get to the, the that point, and then they set a total score. So I think it was like 118 to something at the end of regulation, and then it had to get to 142. First team to 142 uh, wins. And Ty Ty Washington played the entire additional period. And the thing that stood out to me about that time was he took over the game. In that span, I saw him hit four threes. And I think all four of those threes were within like six or seven trips up the floor. He finished with 19 points, shot lots out. Uh, my buddy Jack Pilgrim, who co-hosts Sources Say With Me, said it best. He tweeted that he has Emmanuel Quickly vibes when you watch him. And he does. Not saying he's Emmanuel Quickly, but that's who he rem- reminds me of, the way he plays with a pace, that little floater that he gets to, and then just the way he moves on the perimeter and that and that three-point stroke. Uh, Ty Ty Washington is a guy that if Kentucky gets him, I think Kentucky is getting a, a very, very, very good guard uh, that will make an instant impact on Kentucky's roster next season. And then I, I'm interested to see, too, if they get him, who do they pair with him? I said last week that whoever – one of the guys that they get at point guard that's going to play primarily point guard needs to be able to slide off and play the two. I didn't know if that was Ty Ty Washington, but after what I watched this weekend, if Kentucky goes and gets another guy that's a primary ball handler, Ty Ty Washington can play off the basketball from what I saw this weekend at the Iverson Classic. A, a very, very skilled player that John Calipari, if he gets, will fall in love with this backcourt of being able to shoot the basketball. I'm telling you, I, I, I know Jack spoke with him for 10 minutes had a really solid interview with him. I got him for a few minutes one-on-one, too, when I was talking to him about, you know, how, how Cal's leading the charge in his recruitment. Uh, Cal checks in a couple of times a week with him, at least. He was talking about Kentucky and Kentucky being a place that you you go and take it. You take advantage of a place like Kentucky because of every, everything that Kentucky brings and provides. And uh, he seemed to really light up when talking about Kentucky. So a decision will come later this week, May 15th. We'll find out where Ty Ty Washington lands. But he was the guy that I thought really stole the show and was one of the better players on the floor. I I would have him, honestly, he's in my top five or six most impressive guys that I saw on the court uh, Saturday. But when we're talking overall, the one thing that stood out to me about this, Damian Collins and Bryce Hopkins are nice players. I mean, Damian Collins is obviously top ten recruit. 13th straight year, John Calipari has signed a composite uh, top 10 player. But the thing that stood out to me the most in this all-star event, and I'm not counting Ty Ty Washington yet because he's not a Kentucky Wildcat or a Kentucky signee, is that the best players were going to other programs. That that really stood out to me where we're used to seeing Kentucky have like that best of the best on the floor. Not saying that the guys they don't that they have coming in aren't going to be great or aren't going to be very good college basketball players and freshmen. Uh but Chet Holmgren going to Gonzaga, Palo Ben Carroll going to Duke. I mean there were a lot of guys on that court that just it stood out to me and I was like, man, you know, this is this is wild to see that these other schools are getting these guys. Uh, J.D. Davidson going to Alabama, 
number 12 player in the class, one of the better players on the floor. I would have had him on my top four most impressive players that I saw this week. And you're talking about a freak athlete. Kentucky will have to deal with him uh, next season. A guy, when he gets ahead of steam, there's no slowing him down. A willing passer. I really liked his game. Michael Foster going to the G League. He was in my top four players that I saw over the weekend as well. Just a a dominant big. Jack and I talked about how much he reminds us of Julius Randle when he came out of high school with just a frame. There were three bodies at the Iverson Classic that look like NBA bodies right now. Paolo Bancaro was one. Michael Foster was another one. And then Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, the reclass going to Tennessee. I know Kentucky fans are familiar with that name. The thing about Brandon Huntley-Hatfield that Jack and I talked a ton about this weekend he likes to float on the perimeter, shoots the ball very well. But if he ever finds out how big he is and how strong he is, he could be dominant. But I watched a lot of his game, and he, he floats a lot. Uh, not sure where that would have fit in at Kentucky. and But uh, headed to Tennessee. So there, there were a lot of guys that really stood out and impressed me over the weekend. Hunter Salas was there. Nolan Hickman done some uh, very nice things as well. But just a, a great event. Overall, uh, a lot of fun to be there and kind of just take it in, see these guys. And Kentucky has two two good players coming. And then if they get Ty Ty Washington, I, I really start to like what Kentucky's got with its backcourt, depending on who they add from the transfer portal. Davion Mintz obviously declared for the NBA draft. Remains to be seen whether he will withdraw and return to Kentucky for another year. Uh, but all eyes right now will be on Ty Ty Washington heading into that May 15th decision. Is it Kentucky? Is it Arizona? Is it LSU? Is it Baylor? Is it someone else? Right now, all the buzz seems to be around Kentucky. If you ask me as it stands right now on Monday, this is um, early Monday morning, I would pick Kentucky. Obviously, when you have a trend in a crystal ball, when a commitment date is set, and then you follow with expert opinions and expert picks like that, uh, usually means somebody knows something. But uh, we spoke with his family for probably 30 minutes after the game to talking about the the visits and the places that they've gone and not official visits. Obviously, it's all virtual visits or they just go to the campus and show up and go tour. Uh, I know we'll get into a lot more of that this week as it goes on. We're going to we're going to talk a lot on this podcast. We're going to talk a lot on sources say about Ty Ty Washington and uh, kind of what's going on with him as we approach decision day for him. Uh, but I wanted to hop on here and just kind of give you some info on the weekend and everything. I, I, I had a, I know some people have been asking me about a box score, and I don't think Iverson, Cla- Iverson Classic didn't post a, a lot, uh, but I was able to find some stuff. Oh, another guy that really stood out to me too was Iowa State signee Tyrese Hunter. He actually scored 20 points to lead his team and earn MVP honors. Uh, Ty Ty Washington finished with 19, so second on that team. Paolo Bancaro had 15. Uh, Michael Foster, the guy's talking about going to the G League, just a dominant force, had 17. Um, a lot of talent on the floor this weekend. A lot of really good players. Obviously, Chet Holmgren led the way for his team with 20 points and 11 rebounds. Uh, just a great event, um, an event that took advantage of the other events not being played this year and kind of uh, moved themselves forward. Be interesting to see if that is an NBA sanctioned event moving forward, if that's going to be an event the NBA will scout. I know this year, obviously, it was due to uh, not having other opportunities. So there were a lot of guys there 
right? It was in Bartlett, Tennessee, just outside Memphis. And uh, a lot of NBA personnel were in the building watching a couple of guys. A lot of players, I think, are going to end up being very, very good future NBA players. But just want to hop on here and give you a rundown of that. As always, Derek and I will be back later today uh, to give you some more information. We'll probably talk Iverson Classic. I know Derek will be interested in in discussing some things that I that I saw. If you'll have any questions about some things that I saw while I was down there as well. But as always, this episode is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub. Now three locations, one in Palmville, one in Williamsburg, and one in London, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check out all three of those Facebook pages for more information. But this has been another episode of Kentucky Daily. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.